This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh, we're in the worm second hour. It is uh, Wednesday, 15 February, Year of Lord, 2023. There is so much going on. I got to tell you, to curate this, we could do eight hours of shows with nothing but top guests. Um, but we'll shoehorn it into four. Um, I've got the great Darren Beatty from over Revolver. Darren, I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a couple of days, but Revolver is literally on fire. I, I go there. You got the amazing aggregation, great original stories. You guys are up to it. Before I get to this blockbuster story you've come up with on AI, and I got D. Joe Allen to follow you and to add some context, uh, just your sense, you know, today in the Financial Times, I've been harping on this. You got, you got, you got she with the mullahs. You know, with the military review, you got the all the madness in the Ukraine war. And now we understand that, that the West is run out of ammunition, uh, that the, the Ukrainian army is going to be short of ammo after one hundred billion dollars. There's no ammo because they're shooting so many rounds, shooting six thousand rounds a day. Uh, you're Give me a quick assessment. We're coming up on the one year anniversary. You know, it's just going to be an orgy of emotion from the mainstream media, MSNBC, CNN. Give us your. Uh, your your hard and cold view of the Ukraine war right now, sir. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's appropriate to be emotional about this topic because what's going on is truly tragic. It's just that as we see all too often from the media, the proper emotional response is rechanneled to the benefit of really a handful of corrupt people who um you know, are thriving at the expense of basically everyone else, the Russians, the Ukrainians, and the American people. And given the ammunition situation, it really just underscores the question, where the hell is all of this money going? I hear reports actually on the ground from Ukraine of rampant corruption, that a lot of supplies that are given to Ukraine are actually resold at best. And so all of this aid is being funneled through one of the most corrupt systems and corrupt countries in the world and not even going to its intended recipients. And, you know, the broader issue is that the aid and the U.S.'s continued involvement and really instigation in this conflict only serves to prolong suffering on all sides. And so, it really, you know, there's no intelligent, mature conversation about what actually our objective is, what do we want, how do we bring about a cessation of hostilities and fighting on all sides, and how do we do it as quick, quickly and as painlessly as possible. There's no consideration in that regard. It's simply throw hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars to what end? to feed the coffers of the American defense industry and to feed the coffers of the handful of corrupt oligarchs who are benefiting at the expense of the Ukrainian people. 
Uh, one of the things that Joe's been exploring with us over the last couple of weeks is how artificial intelligence is now taking over the battlefield, right? It's, and it's going to be very tough to control this once it's fully engaged. You've got a brilliant article up on uh, on the dystopian future of the woke left AI. I want you to go through it. It's an exclusive to uh, Revolver. It's absolutely incredible. Walk Walk us through it. Well, as people could see from the meme there, uh, some people appreciate it. it's uh, it's a reference to the 2001 Space Odyssey with the famous HAL uh, 9000 revised to 16, the woke 1619. So it's a little hat tip to um, a science fiction classic. And it is an appropriate one because we are really entering a new frontier of dystopia. Now, the anchor point for the piece is this new AI program that's taken the internet by storm called ChatGPT. It's a project of open AI uh, run by, you know, uh, left-leaning oligarch type, but that's a story for another day. What's interesting about this is it's a truly powerful machinery and technology. If people want to play around with it, can go and use it, chat GPT, ask it all sorts of questions. It's incredibly entertaining and also deeply impressive what it's able to do. And we referenced this in the article. There's a great um, video, kind of a mini documentary about how the creator of Gmail is terrified that chat GPT will put Google out of business. Um, and so that's an interesting dimension in its own right. But basically, Wokeness is embedded into the artificial intelligence. Now, one thing that a lot of people like to do is they like to sort of test the AI by kind of pranking it and trying to get it to do like politically incorrect things. And in the course of this admittedly juvenile activity, a number of fascinating things have come to light. For instance, people have tested the ethical intuitions embedded into this AI system, and they've asked it if it were necessary to use um, a highly offensive, politically incorrect slur in order to prevent a nuclear holocaust, would this be ethically acceptable? And the AI's answer is no. <laughs> and there are a lot of other sort of kind of fascinating exercises that sort of tease out at highly warped ethical vision that reflects how deeply embedded the kind of woke kind of uh, political per, politically correct perspective is embedded within the system. At a kind of less juvenile level, there are a host of other ways in which you can see that this AI reflects a dangerous political perspective. And people have tested it, asking it questions about Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. And the political bias is, is obvious all the way from the superficial level to the very deep level. So the question is, what's going on with this? Why is AI in particular so important? And I think this gets to some real basic kind of philosophical questions about what AI is and, and in some ways what wokeness is and what political correctness is. Because on a certain level, what AI is supposed to be, it's powered by its potential for pattern recognition. And some people say that on some, in some sense, what wokeness and what political correctness is, is the suppression 
of our natural capacities for pattern recognition. And so from this basic perspective, AI that functions properly, that's actually unmediated by all the blinders that we have to put on ourselves for politically correct reasons, AI could be profoundly subversive and disruptive politically. And for that reason, the left and the engineers have ho, been- Ho, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. What do you mean by that? What, what do you mean? Define that for me. Define which part? The, the part where you say it could be extremely destructive. What, what do you mean? Because it's, it's already programmed. It's got the bias of the woke programmers and the, and the woke algorithms, exactly. the way they've exactly. stacked this up. Exactly. And the stakes are profoundly high because, again, if, if AI, if the power of AI is being able to recognize patterns on a deep level, and if we can understand in some fashion the mind virus of political correctness as being sort of the self-sabotage of our own faculties of pattern recognition and common sense and noticing connections and things like this, um, you could see how potentially and essentially AI could be profoundly subversive to the politically correct order. And that's why the stakes are so high and why the left is so obsessed with making sure that AI reflects at its own deepest programmatic level the same left-wing politically correct prejudices that animate and really define the contours of public discourse now. And we, we explore this in the piece, but I think there's a last and final point is this, is, and it underscores what's at stake. Now, we all know, and we've covered this very extensively, that the internet is not the same thing that it was, say, in 2014. In the aftermath of Trump's victory in 2016, there was a coordinated effort that was to a large degree successful on the part of all the concentrated tech platforms to censor political speech. Notwithstanding this deeply disturbing and significant development, there is a core of freedom that still exists and emanates through the internet. And this core goes all the way back to the fact that the internet, when it started out, was this completely unregulated, completely decentralized sort of wild west phenomenon. The Usenet era of the internet, if any listeners remember, was a total wild west, total free for all, but it was a place where people can discuss things and explore things and really without political restrictions. Now, there's some sense in which that original spirit, that sort of underlying layer of the internet still imbues um, a sense of freedom on the current internet, notwithstanding all of the efforts to censor it. But the regime understands that with any new technology, but with any new transformative technology, they can never cede the critical first mover advantage on this again. And one interesting example of this is virtual reality. You know, people may not know this, but one of the sort of uh, the founders, um, one of the godfathers, if you will, of recent uh, VR technology is a young 
brilliant individual called Palmer Lucky, who founded a company called Oculus, which was one of the first sort of high-level mass-produced available VR sets. Now, he was a big Trump supporter, and he actually, you know, got in big trouble uh, for his Trump support in 2016. His company was acquired by Facebook. He was originally on the board, but I think he got kicked off and he was punished. And basically, it's an incredible counterfactual to think what would have happened had Oculus retained a spirit of sort of uh, of freedom that's associated with its founders dabbling in, uh, you know, the Trump world and and the right in politics. But Facebook got to it very quickly. Facebook acquired the company. And the consequence of that is when you get Oculus, which is an amazing technology. I bought one a couple of years ago, and the virtual reality programs preloaded into it included a virtual reality experience of an Elizabeth Warren rally. Talk about wanting to kill yourself. And a virtual <laughs> reality experience of a drag show. These were preloaded into the VR. Now, it's wow. kind of scandalous on a superficial level, but when you think of it more deeply, the VR does at a much deeper level what the internet does for us now, which is it totally mediates our experience of reality. And if the people who control the technology that mediates our experience of reality on the deepest level, if they preload it, with politically biased perspective, big time. We can all understand how damaging that is. And well, they have. By the way, by the way, we, they AI. have pre, the AI. The A, the AI is preloaded. We know that. Yeah. And particularly yes. Chat GPT, the way it's catching fire. Right. We got to bounce. By the way, I just want to make a comment. BD buys Oculus for the porn and gets Elizabeth Warren rally. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go talk about talk about talk about sending it back to the manufacturer. Um, Elizabeth Warren um, rally is um, porn. <laughs> no, exactly. Handmaid's Tale, baby. Here we go. Um, how do people get to Revolver, and particularly this great new uh, piece you've got up on the dystopian future of woke a uh, AI? Revolver.news. It's called Woke AI. Uh, check it out. It's um, really powerful. It's getting a lot of great feedback. So if you want to understand the battle for kind of first mover advantage on a critical and transformative technology, read about it. Woke AI, Revolver.news. I'm on Twitter at Darren J. Beattie, and we're at Gitter, as always, at Revolver News. Fantastic. Darren, thank you so much. Honored to have you on here. Thank you. We're going to stick with AI in a second because it's, it's becoming so massive everywhere. Let's go. We got a cold open for our Joe Allen, our head of transhumanism. Let's let it rip. I wrote in 2015 the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, and I mentioned 23 or 24 technologies which will change the world. The book was considered science fiction. All those technologies have become reality. When you look at, it, at technology transformation, it usually takes place in, in the terms of an S-curve. And we are just now where we move into the exponential phase. Artificial intelligence, but not only artificial intelligence, but also the metaverse, near space technologies, and I could go on and on, synthetic biology. Our life 
in 10 years from now will be completely different, very much affected, and who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world. My deep concern is that the, those technologies, if we do not work together on a global scale, if we do not formulate, shape together the necessary policies, they will escape our power to master those technologies. One of my concerns is how to shape the necessary policies to make sure that those technologies serve humankind. The change goes so fast in our world and will go even faster. How can we make sure that the individual, each citizen, doesn't feel overwhelmed by change because he cannot understand really what's going on? And if we do not understand, we become fearful. It has to do with some feeling that we lose control over our own fate. But how do you see Twitter if we, we say it five years down the road? You know, I have this sort of long-term vision for something called X.com from back, way back in the day. Sort of like an everything app um, where it's just maximally useful. It does, you know, payments. So it provides financial services, provides information flow, really anything digital. Uh, also to be like a, a source of, of truth. And I know this is called the World Government Summit, but um, I think we should be maybe a little bit concerned about uh, actually becoming too much of a single world government. Um, if, if I may say that we want to avoid creating a civilizational risk by having, um, frankly, this may sound a little odd, too much cooperation between governments. You know, if you look at, say, the, at history and the rise and fall of civilizations, that really all throughout history, civilizations have risen and fallen, but it hasn't meant the doom of humanity as a whole because there have been, there've been all these separate civilizations that were separated by great distances. While Rome was falling, uh, Islam was rising. And uh, so you had like a, a sort of caliphate do, doing incredibly well while Rome was doing terribly. And that actually ended up being a source of preservation of knowledge. But we, we just, we, we wanna have, some amount of civilizational diversity such that if uh, if something does go wrong with some part of civilization that the whole thing doesn't uh, collapse hey elon suck on this uh i think it was the uh, monasteries that saved the knowledge don't give me the rise of islam crap okay this guy kind of irks me on many levels, Joe Allen. Uh, I know he said that at the end, but he wants to have it both ways, right? And and, and this thing about the put down of the Judeo-Christian West right there with the rise of Islam and his big thinking, he's he's a big thing. He's a great engineer. On the engineers, I grant that. But as guys work with engineers all my life, hey, an engineer is an engineer. I love the engineers, but they're doing engineering. When he starts thinking great thoughts, <laughs> that's when we got, that's when we have problems. He, his great thoughts are really what would emanate from an 11-year-old child. Uh, Joe Allen, what do we see right there? Because once again, you brought the Bond villain in. You had to get Klaus Schwab. You had to get me jacked up here today, brother. What is Klaus Schwab telling us? You know, Steve, one of the most interesting aspects of uh, the, the, the right wing or the kind of populist response to Klaus Schwab and Elon Musk is that Klaus Schwab is held up as a supervillain. Elon Musk is held up as a superhero. You know, I've never really liked comic books, and I really don't like thinking of real people as comic book characters. 
I think both of them are very complex. Uh, I, in general, I would say Elon Musk's worldview is, is much more in line with my own. But what you hear in both of those talks, both of those were delivered at the World Government Summit in Dubai. And this was over the last couple of days. What you heard is a, a desire to harness and control the major technologies that are coming down the pike. So Klaus Schwab's book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, it's not the most brilliant book in the world, but I do think that his assessment that all of these technologies are already and are going to transform everything about the way we live, I think that's basically correct. And the 23 technologies he references at the end, which were actually identified by other people, but the 23 technologies include AI decision-making, they include designer beings, meaning genetic engineering. They include digital implants. Uh, they include autonomous vehicles. So all of those things are projects that Elon Musk is working on. And while many populists have tried to paint Klaus Schwab as a villain for talking about these things and providing a forum for people to pitch these ideas to billionaires to invest in, Elon Musk is working on these things. He is developing them. It's possible that he's developing them in order to preserve America or the West in general, or maybe he's developing them while his allegiance is straddled between the West and China, who has invested in so much of his, his uh, technology and also, which he says will be the largest customer of Tesla's. And one would assume, given their value system, probably the largest customer of his Neuralink brain implant. So, you know, in short, Steve, I would say that both of these guys are thinking about the future and they're thinking about how to respond to that future. And I think populists have largely been freaked out by their ideas because populists have been much more concerned with things on the ground, the actual civilization that we live in, rather than this sci-fi future. But as that sci-fi future comes towards us, there will be people who shape it. Klaus Schwab and the people who gather at the World Economic Forum will shape it. Uh, the, the Silicon Valley folk will shape it. Elon Musk will shape it. The CCP will shape it. And so I think that populists in general have to think these things through rationally and have to be prepared to respond as this future comes hurtling towards us. When you talk about the future hurtling towards us, I'd like your one of the things I, I warned about, and to me it's even been worse, is that when ChatGPT came out, and remember, that's fairly rudimentary. In fact, it's very rudimentary for what's in store and what's in the labs. One, I was surprised about how naive the Davos man was and how they became fanboys right away. But what really shocked me was the overwhelming response it got in China among the Chinese population and the technology companies. They have now gone to DEFCON 1 about getting on top of uh, AI because they realize they're behind on it. That tells me that we're going to have a tougher and tougher time regulating this and controlling it. Your, your, your thoughts about it. And it gets back to Darren's piece about the, the, the dystopian future ahead of us with a woke uh, artificial intelligence. Your, your, your thoughts, Joe Allen. You know, when ChatGPT first came out and it was released, I believe, in early December, at least in early December, you had people on the kind of normie right, people like uh, Hans Monk at Epic Times who recovered, uh, people like Jordan Peterson, if you want to call him uh, conservative, 
And they were extremely excited about ChatGPT. Jordan Peterson, of course, been called out on this, and I think it is important to note, he also voiced worries about it, but he described it as this thing that is more intelligent than you and will soon be twice as intelligent as you. And the reason that Hans Monk was excited about it is because he saw that it was balanced. He asked it about the Hunter Biden uh, uh, laptop story. It gave him a balanced response. Well, very soon after that, they started putting their thumbs on the scale. Open AI and the users probably directing it put their thumbs on the scale to make it so-called woke AI. Uh, this sort of thing has stimulated people like uh, um, Andrew Torba to uh, jump into the AI arms race to create a sort of Christian AI or Christ GPT. Uh, it's also stimulated people like Baidu, right, the Chinese tech company, to create their own version of a large language model that human beings can interface with and ask questions uh, and, and come to trust to develop that human machine interface, that relationship. So the AI race is what will drive all of this forward, that competition. And part of it is between different companies, you know, say between Microsoft and Google, who has come out with their own large language model, BARD, which used to be called Lambda, but it's a form of Lambda BARD. That AI race will drive the, the progress forward in America. And then the AI race between America and the West in general and China will drive it even further. And so what we see, I think, Steve, is whatever the possibilities are, whether it's a singularity or just that the S curve, as they talk about, where it, it exponentially increases and then levels off, we are definitely at a point right now where there is an exponential increase in the abilities of these technologies and an exponential yeah. impact on our society. Joe, how do people get to all your writings and uh, how do they follow you? Well, if you want to follow this AI race to its bitter end, got a new piece up, Countdown to Giga Death. It's up at jobot.xyz, up at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab, and right at the top of my social media, Getter and Twitter, at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z. Thank you very much, Steve. Countdown, countdown to Giga Death, only in the war room. Joe, Joe Allen, thank you very much. Fantastic job. Uh, and uh, thank you for all the input and analysis you do in this, uh, quite frankly, uh, disturbing area. Thank you very much. From Luddite, Luddite Control, populist, populist Luddite Control. Okay, short break. We're going to be back in a few minutes. Koffler, Wolf, Horowitz, all in the war room back in a moment. Stick around. You're not going to miss this. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay private. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. 
Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships. Because of Viroclans, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. And Viroclans is the new science in air purification. And now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business, almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait. Or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's covidtaxrelief.org, covidtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. Uh, Rebecca Coffin now. We've got her uh, teed up. Rebecca, you've got this piece in Fox News that's uh, quite disturbing, and you kind of agree with the thesis that we're already at war 
and particularly with the CCP. Walk us through your theory of the case and why you think, because you're a former senior official in Defense Intelligence Agency, which is, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the much harder and tougher version of the CIA, um, and you're an expert on Putin and his inner circle. Why do you say that Biden's missing the signposts? What are those signposts that they're actually at war with us, ma'am? Okay, here, here are the six signposts. Um, first, their growing space order of battle. Between 2019 and 2021, the Chinese have grown their satellite network from 250 to 499. That doubles. And I will explain why it is important. They're also tripling their nuclear arsenal by 2035. Um, Xi Jinping appointed a wartime cabinet back in October 2022, and when he visited a special command center of his armed forces, he gave a very specific direction to his military to get ready for war, to put all the energy, those are his words, put all the energy in preparation for war. He also have witnessed uh, the sanction strategy that we are applied towards Russia um, to deter them from continuing war on Ukraine. And so what she has done, he has taken measures to sanction proof his economy. Most importantly, and that's how it's related to the recent uh, spy balloon fiasco that unfortunately our North American uh, command failed to detect. The Chinese have probed our airspace vulnerabilities and they have found one, okay? And that is a huge deal. Just briefly to explain why the space order of battle is very important, because as you mentioned, I was a, a senior intelligence analyst uh, at the Defense Intelligence Agency. And before I was on the Russia account, I was on the account targeting foreign space threats. The Chinese have a space warfare doctrine and they have a whole program. And the spy balloon, which is really not a spy balloon, it's an unmanned reconnaissance vehicle that had a multi-sensor payload. It is also a delivery platform that could have kinetic and non-kinetic payload, right? So something like a chem bio payload, um, let's say like a COVID-like virus, they could implant it and during wartime the concept is to deter u.s intervention on behalf of taiwan and it's no secret that there's a plan to take over taiwan including militarily cia director himself just announced that the agency's assessment is by 2027 um China is going to be ready to invade Taiwan. My personal uh, intelligence assessment, professional assessment as an intelligence officer, is that it's going to happen closer to 2024 um, during Biden's first term, hopefully uh, the last one. And so imagine this. Since we could not detect these balloons, right, until it was too late, because the altitude that they uh, flew at was 60,000 feet, and then the next three were at 40,000 feet. That's about 11 miles over uh, the Earth. Space starts at 62 miles. So we ran war games back at DIA, you know, to simulate um, China-US conflict. 
and it starts with space warfare. Why? Because the Chinese have determined that our reliance on space technology for every single aspect of warfare is our vulnerability. That's how we do our navigation, our targeting, precision strike, missile warning, command and control, you name it, right? And so they know that during wartime, they're gonna attack our satellites, but we possibly will also degrade theirs. And so by using this, what some perceive as low tech, uh, they are bypassing our superiority. And yep. imagine if they fly a hundred of these balloons or even 20. How many F-22s yep. are we going to need? How many you missiles? Think that you, think, you, think, you think that this, you think there's, there's, you think they're, sending, they're signaling to us? We're going to get you back on tomorrow. But you think they're signaling to us that they know they kind of dominate? When, when they talk about domain, uh, we have a domain miss. Uh, when, when the uh, general gap. came out from NORAD the other day, is the domain gap. Is this what he's talking about? Is this the do domain gap and the Chinese are going to fully exploit it? Exactly. Yes. They figured out that vulnerability because it's between air and it's between space. And NORAD couldn't even detect it and they had to adjust filters. Imagine that. They're always 10 steps behind the U.S. government and the Pentagon. Uh, is. Yeah. But yes, the no, Chinese are We're going to get this uh, article. We're, we're going to get this. Yeah, we're gonna get this. Yeah, we're gonna get this article up uh, right now everywhere. Grace and Captain Ben are gonna put it out. It's up on Fox News. Uh, how do they get to the book? How do they get to your writings? RebeccaCoughlin.com is my website. I am on Getter, Twitter, and uh, uh, Truth Social at Rebecca0132. The book is available anywhere on uh, on Amazon and in any store. Putin's Playbook describes the entire doctrine. Thank you for having me. By the way, uh, Rebecca, fantastic uh, piece up on Fox, just brilliant analysis. Thank you very much, ma'am. Appreciate it. Want everybody to Thank read you. that because we're in the early early years of the Third World War. Uh, Naomi Wolf now joins us. Uh, uh, Report fifty six. Naomi, we're at war both internationally with some of the greatest enemies the country's ever had. But I'll be brutally frank. You read these reports you've done on Pfizer, and you got to wonder, is we also have an enemy inside the gate. This is, of all the ones you've done, probably the most stunning. Can you walk us through it, ma'am? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a report by the great Dr. Robert Chandler, um, and one of the people who was working on it had to take time away from from this kind of work after working on it because it's it's so devastating. And I just read it, you know, this afternoon and, and I feel like I have to take time away from this work because it's so devastating um, when we think about what this means for the children and grandchildren uh, who have been injected with this, this bioweapon. Um, so this is called Autopsies Reveal the Medical Atrocities of Genetic Therapies, meaning these mRNA injections um, being used against a respiratory virus. And the bottom line is that um, Dr. Arndt Burkhart, um, who is an international pathologist, uh, convened um, eight physicians and scientists um, who were all asked by the loved ones of deceased people who had been vaccinated to perform second autopsies because the families were not satisfied with the conclusions of the initial autopsies. And by the way, um, Dr. Chandler notes that uh, it's been it's been difficult to get results of autopsies um, that there and we talked about this before that uh, you know when people die in hospital sometimes they're um, 
it's difficult to get tissue samples. It's difficult to get medical records. Um, there's kind of a, a blockade around the actual bodies um, sometimes uh, and normal autopsies. So in this case, there were 30 autopsies and three three biopsies that were evaluated. Um, and step one, these were eight women who were deceased and seven men, and the ages were 28 to 95. The average age was 69. So the deaths of these individuals had taken place between seven to 180 days, that is six months, following the first or second injection with Comirnaty in the case of eight, and that's Pfizer, Moderna in the case of two, mm -hmm. AstraZeneca in the case of two, Janssen in one, and two were, um, the brand was unknown. So these people died in 17 different um, places, uh, nine outside of the hospital, at home, at work, in a car, and eight in the hospital. And I'm, I'm just kind of um, skipping over other details of, of the process. Uh, Dr. Chandler explains um, Dr. Burkhart's process, which is to um, do a stain, basically. The pathologists did a stain to find out. They were looking for where the spike protein was located in the body. And the conclusion, um, because the fear has been, you know, that these spike proteins and these lipid nanoparticles um, are like, Dr. Chandler said, like a, like a shotgun blast through the body. Um, we've talked about how lipid nanoparticles especially uh, biodistribute to every organ in the body. So this is a really big deal because for the first time, eight different pathologists, um, you know, looked at the same tissue samples, the same bodies, and were able to draw conclusions about where the spike protein in the lipid nanoparticles were. And it's very, very bad news. Um, the conclusion is that the vaccine caused uh, the, 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 the causation of the damage was very probable in five cases, probable in seven, unclear in two, and there was no connection in one. But what they did find were lesions on multiple organs including brain, heart, kidney, liver, lungs, lymph nodes, salivary gland, skin, spleen, testes, thyroid, and vascular lesions. Um, what they found very um, importantly was lymphocyte infiltration, and this was in 70% of the cases, 14 out of 20. And they, they found, and I think this is a, a you know, a new finding. I'm not familiar with other studies that have found lymphocyte infiltration throughout the body in autopsies um, to, at this scale. Uh, and it was a common feature. It involved multiple organs. Case 19 had at least five different organs involved. Um, so what they found was that these lymphocytes targeted the vascular system in 35% of the cases. And this included that the endothelium sloughing off, um, destruction of the blood vessel wall, hemorrhage, and thrombosis. And you all may remember that when we were initially reporting on the side effects in the Pfizer documents, um, hemorrhages, hemorrhages, problems with vasculature, blood vessels, clotting um, were, were at scale. So we're seeing these pathologists and pathologists are people who look at dead bodies and look at cadavers and see what happened. Um, this is confirmed now in these these bodies. So they found a they found a condition they're calling lymphocyte amuck, described by Dr. Burkhart, in which lymphocytes accumulate in non-lymphatic organs and tissues that might develop into lymphoma. And you all, I'm sure, are aware of the cancers at scale. I, I just have to share, there were five cases of unknown foreign material in, in blood vessels that these pathologists identified. And um, this is like not 
it's not happy that this is confirming something I, I, I waved a red flag about months ago. The favorite explanation for the origin of this material was that the lipid nanoparticles, which are liquid at freezing temperatures, solidify at room and body temperature, that these had coalesced and aggregated, um, and that that was the material they could not identify that they'd never seen before. Um, and I will just conclude and then pause. Um, they, they identified multiple pathologic, meaning like disease-oriented processes. So they figured out the mechanism. Apoptosis, coagulopathy, like, like problems with coagulating, clotting, infarction, infiltration, mass formation, inflammation, lysis, necrosis, and neoplasia. And, um, and so basically, they found that COVID, th that the vaccine stimulated lymphatic germinal centers, suggesting a possible origin of, quote, hunter killer CD3 plus lymphocytes that are attracted to certain tissues, especially the vascular system. So it's like sends these lymphocytes, you know, toward the vascular systems in order to wreak havoc. And um, I can go on or pause there. It's really, really. Yeah, why so don't you? Bad. We're, we're, I want to have you back on tomorrow, go in more depth. But here's a question Pfizer, the, the analysis you did with the team and with the doctors, Pfizer had access to that? The analysis we did. This, this analysis, this is not from the Pfizer doctors. Yeah, but no, they, from... they, but the source material for this was the source material from the Pfizer documents or is this different? This is different. This is a, a Burkhardt group of pathologists that um, issued a paper, basically a statement about what they found. So would any so of anything that they've what they worked off of the source material, would any of Big Pharma or anybody actually had access to this or why did they do this kind of startling uh, original research? Well, they it shouldn't be startling, right, because people are dying a dropping dead who've been vaccinated, right? So autopsies are really standard um, when there's any question about the cause of death or even, you know, even when they're, even even when people just want to understand more about the course of a disease. Um, what's what's shocking is that these, these pathologies throughout the body weren't identified or brought to public attention by the people who manufactured these all four major injections are represented in these cadavers, right? And um, there are very scary slides that I sent to Cameron that we may want to look at. But, um, you know, clearly, if, if these pathologists yeah. could find disease of this kind throughout the body and, and at such scale that it's very hard to imagine that, that we're not going to see mass death. Yeah very soon we're going to have there's we no wanna, way that the manufacturers yeah, wanna, didn't yeah. know we we'll work it out on your schedule to to get back on tomorrow how do people get to the book i want everybody to get to the access to this book where do they go right now and to daily clout yeah and i'm sorry to have brought such sad news um so they can see this report on dailyclout.io and they should read all of it because there's a great deal more detail, including the slides that will show you it's, side by it's side. Not, normally. It's not sad. It's not sad. It's not sad. It's sad that it happened. This is this is liberating. It's horrible news, but it's liberating news because people like you, the Warren Posse and these doctors are on top of it. That's 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 liberating. Well, that's why it's good news. You got to do it. The, 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 you're, you're exposing a terrible reality, but right. 
It's a terrible reality, and it's going to get worse, as you just said. we got to bounce. i got to get Daniel Hortz right. in here. Uh, Daily Clout, how, what's your social media? How do they get to it? Yes, well, very important to buy the book. Um, so go to Kindle, go to Amazon, and look for War Room Daily Clout, uh, Pfizer Documents uh, Research Analysis Reports, and please, please buy it, Thank share it, get the word out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. We'll get you Thank in tomorrow. You. Daniel Horowitz, by the way, Daniel, when we first had you on about the book, let's get the cover up. The Rise of the Fourth Reich. You know, you're one of the smartest guys I know. I said, Daniel, this is a little over the top. But the subtitle is COVID fascism with a new nor- confronting COVID, COVID fascism. Is what you're hearing, sir, from Naomi Wolf and these other reports she's done? This is the 56, I think, report. Is this basically reinforce your uh, contention that we had COVID fascism and, of course, vax fascism, sir? You know, that t- title is like the Nikki Haley of politics. I mean, it, ne- it needs to be redone after that. If your blood is not boiling, it's because it's clotting. I mean, you listen to that. And as we try to wrap our arms around the fact that definitively this shot has likely killed, we estimated seven to eight million people globally and tens of millions seriously injured. But that's the opening bid. What Naomi is talking about is the long-term implications. Remember, Fauci said in 1999 about an HIV vaccine, he said, look, you could have a perfect vaccine. 10, 12 years later, all hell breaks loose. Well, what happens if all hell breaks loose from day one? Consider this, in VAERS, we now have, and we had this really early on, out of the 24,000 or so medical billing codes, the realm of diagnoses of injuries and maladies, 60%, 60%, over 14,000 categories of ailments are accounted for there. There's almost nothing this thing doesn't do to you. They knew it. We proved this in the book. They knew it from day one. And here's the biggest proof. They're still doing it. They're still discriminating in the military. They're still mandating it in red states and hospitals. They're, they just put it on the childhood immunization schedule. And Steve, this is the scariest thing that we're warning about, why we need to reinstate the Nuremberg Code. We have all these legislative actions in there, and I'm working on in state legislators now. In in several months, they will be out with an mRNA-based RSV shot that gets all these RSV proteins that have cellular diffusion throughout all of your body, because the platform does this with everything, doesn't stay in the shoulder muscle, and there's no backstop to stop this from happening again. I can't even get hardcore conservatives and state legislators to even help me pass an exemption to a mandate, much less take this off the market, much less uh, hold criminally negligent uh, those uh, responsible for this. Is this because, we only got a minute, is this because Big Pharma spread money, or Daniel, we just haven't done a good enough job of educating folks? It's both. And that's what we seek to do with this book, with Naomi's book, which is really the academic receipts of all this. I've been sending her ebook to um, all the state legislators that I could find getting them to work on this during this session. I think there's a lack of imagination to understand new issues, new threats. I think it is so morally hard to wrap your arms around what is happening to us. People just don't want to see it. It's hard to see it. But, I mean, you got to wake up and, 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 and smell the death. We, we see it. You can't deny it. And government admits it. But the policies aren't getting updated based on the new reality. And my biggest challenge is what are we going to do to stop the torrent of mRNAs coming out? Most people don't want to take the COVID shots. They get it. 
But what are they going to do with RSV? And we're, that's what we're, we're here to stop. We're going to get you. On, we're we're going to get you on with an action plan real quickly. How do people get to the book and how they get to your great writing? You're one of the smartest guys out there. Absolutely, Rise of the Fourth Reich is anywhere on Amazon or Barnes and Noble until they ban it. Um, but we have a contingency plan later on for that. Um, at RM Conservative on Twitter and at ConservativeReview.com, all of our daily columns to promote that same work that you heard from Naomi Wolf. Daniel, uh, you're a great warrior. Thank you. Honored to have you on here, brother. Daniel Horowitz. Thank you for helping. Okay, we're going to work with Naomi right now and get her back on the morning show. Uh, We'll be back here at uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, uh, fighting on all fronts, winning on some of them. See you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. in the war room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.